ever look out into the vast sea of the universe, the universe, and challenge even your own imagination? Imagination. You don't think we're alone, do you? Do you? Do you? When you hear that the government is doing something, you always believe it, don't you? We are your third eye. This is Chasing Prophecy. Challenging your beliefs and pushing the boundaries of your imagination. If it's unexplained, we're talking about it. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, we cover everything from political mayhem and tyranny to alien abductions and paranormal phenomena. You, you are not alone. Are not alone. This is the Chasing Prophecy Radio Program. And now your hosts, Jenny Nicasio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Chasing Prophecy live from New Orleans on FM 105.3 in Henderson Point, Mississippi, and 107.7 in New Orleans. This program is sponsored by United Public Radio. I'm your host, Jenny Nicasio. It's great to have you with us tonight, and I hope everyone had a great, in the United States, I hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving. We love to hear from you, so please... Make sure you post your questions in the chat and we'll get through them throughout the show. So just bear with me because um, uh, like I told you, I'm back on the air since I haven't been on for a little bit and um, everything's a little bit rusty. So bear with me. Okay. So I just want to say I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm so happy to see you all and I'll get to you in just a second. But I want to also let you know that we are live throughout the United States all over internationally. So um, make sure you put your comment and put where you're from. I'd love to know where you're from. But tonight, I want you to know that we're going to be joined by a very special guest. Okay, his name is Tim Bear. He's the author of the profound book Ever Near, a series of love letters between soulmates transcending our understanding of life and death. This is a great topic for all of us. So I just want to let you know to Jim's story begins with a heart-wrenching loss, and I know we've all been there, and the passing of his beloved wife, Mary, I think it's Mary Lynn, but in the wake of this tragedy, something miraculous unfolds, and he's going to tell us all about that. So without further ado, I want to bring him on, and he can tell you a little bit more. So welcome to Chase and Prophecy. Tim, glad to have you here tonight. Well, it's good to be here. Great. So I just want to say a shout out to Cindy. Hi, Johnny. I'm glad you're here. And Casey, just let you know, the chat is open. You can't, I don't know if you can see the chat, Tim, but we have the chat going for our visual, um, our audience. So I just want to let you know. (laughs) So Tim, I'm so happy to have you here and I'm so glad I found you. I thought when I found you, I thought that was great because this is something that, you know, resonates with everyone here. And I know myself and when you lose somebody you love, um, it's really nice to know that there is some kind of hope. But um, Tim, could you share a little bit about what inspired you to write this ever near in the journey you led to this moment? Sure. Um, My wife and I, we met in uh, about 1990. Um, We were both married at the time. Um, and it took a little while. We finally came together in rather spectacular fashion. It was uh, uh, a, a 
my life took a very bad turn and she was the only one that I trusted to help me. And uh, from a, a simple meeting of me describing the trauma I was in, um, we were living together in eight weeks. Um, we realized that we were giving terrible examples to our children about how love actually works. Mm -hmm. um, through that, um, we faced a lot of challenges, uh, death threats from our exes, uh, mm -hmm. some pretty uh, difficult circumstances for our children. We, uh, we were married in 1996. Um, in 2000, I fell and injured myself pretty severely. And um, she actually um, drove me to hundreds and hundreds of doctor's appointments and physical therapy appointments and through th three surgeries. Oh, boy. And just as that was resolving in about 2015, Marilyn started to feel poorly. And uh, 15 months later, she passed of gastric cancer. Through our entire time together, uh, from the very first meeting, it was obvious to us and everyone else around us that we had been together at some point in some other lifetime. Um, however, our upbringing uh, didn't allow for that. Mm -hmm. But we spoke about it often after we were married. It was just something that we understood. And as uh, time went on, we began to believe that, well, if there was a before, well, there would be an after. And we were basically in the middle of this timeless love story. Mm. Um, and through that, we kind of hoped that we would figure out how to be together if one of us should pass. So you had this all figured out before? We, we understood that it was a possibility and we understood that um, those connections existed. We understood it so well that we didn't make plans for it at all. She passed away, and I was sitting there going, well, I know she's there. Uh, exactly how do I contact her? How do I still be with her? Um, so you, you before you she got, before she passed, you made like a, a bond between each other that you were going to try to communicate? Is that what yes, happened? Yes, yes. Yeah, we pretty much did. It was, it was almost a... a a silent knowing. Um, we didn't talk about it a lot, but it was understood. Um, through my injury and then through her illness, um, there was a lot of times that we weren't able to even hold hands. I was in mm. too much pain. That's um, so we learned, we learned over time that uh, we didn't need bodies to be together in a profound way. It mm. was just something we understood. That's, um, that's amazing. And believing that life and consciousness existed beyond death, um, it was uh, just kind of a simple deduction that we would be together in some form after. But we made no plans. So once she passed away, yeah. What? when was the first time... That was this something that happened right away that you you actually heard her voice? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. It actually, it seemed like a long time, but it was only a week. Um, I was uh, preparing our home for Memorial Service weekend and out trimming some trees. And I got actually gotten a little frustrated with myself that I hadn't planned that part a little better. Uh, so it, it occurred to me that I should go back to where we began our spiritual journey together, mm -hmm. which was uh, Neil Donald's Walsh's book, Conversations with God. Oh, I have that. And I, I, we had it on tape. Um, for the first year we were together, we listened to it. We bought it on tape. We listened to it once. It took about three commutes back and forth to work. The second time we listened to it, it took us six months. We paused the recording after every sentence and discussed it in depth. Sometimes we would discuss a sentence for an entire week. Um, so that is where I went back to try and find, get my footing. Mm -hmm. And uh, 15 minutes or so into that first audiobook, uh, I literally heard her voice outside of my earbuds. Can you describe the communication it was, like how it felt? Uh, was it like um, an actual voice? Was it, it was, like a whisper? It was an audible voice. I thought it was someone behind me the first time I heard it. I took my earbuds out. It occurred again, and it was quite clear. The, the exact phrase was, where have you been? I've missed you. If you're joining us right now on FM 105.3 and 107.7, we have Tim Bear here in the studio. He is discussing his conversation with his passing, his wife that passed. And if you have any questions for him in the chat, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so it was like an actual audible voice. Now, yes. um, you mentioned that about the um, the automatic writing. Now, yeah. what 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 is the did that help you communicate with it, or is this something that you do to actually hear her voice? Or was this something that was added on it, after you started to hear her voice? It was a progression of, of events. For the first year or so, I lived in uh, the home that we had purchased together um, in Los Angeles. And uh, I would go on early morning walks. I wasn't sleeping well. I would be outside at 2 to 4 a.m. And um, sometimes her voice would be audible. Most times I would be aware of it as uh, in my mind, as a thought in my mind that I knew wasn't mine. We would have conversations. Um, I tried to document them as I would come home. Sometimes I was good at that. Sometimes I, I didn't do such a good job. Mm -hmm. um, but um, Eventually, I could not, um, it was too physically hard to maintain the home by myself. And it was a larger home. Of course, because your injury you had. Uh, my injury, I had lost, the greater part of our income was hers. Mm -hmm. So it really was a strain financially to afford the larger house. So we had actually discussed what would happen when she passed away, that I should sell that home and move out here to Palm Springs, where Prices were a little bit less. I would have income to hire help if I wanted it. Um, so I put that into place. And this was about almost a year and a half after she passed that I moved out here. Mm 
Um, and by that time, my pain had gotten to the point where I just couldn't go on walks anymore. And it really felt like I'd lost her. I couldn't get outside. I was barely able to walk to the kitchen to get a cup of coffee. Um, so um, I felt like I was really in trouble that I had just totally lost her. And then one morning, instead of feeling as though I should get outside, I mean, sometimes it was an overwhelmingly compelling feeling, like there was no air in the house. Instead of that feeling like I had to get outside, I was very clearly told to go get a pen and a blank piece of paper and sit down and write. And I just started writing the first words that came into my head. I, I noticed a lot of mediums do the automatic writing. So that's a way to channel a yeah. deceased one from the other side. It's and a, so that you had a feeling to do that. I did. I did. It was just uh, as strong as it used to be to get outside. Um, it was a very compelling feeling to go sit down um, and uh, just write. Um, and so I hand wrote uh, whatever would come into my mind. The very first words was uh, my dearest love. And it was like, what? Um, and I wrote eight pages faster than I could almost think. Um, oh, if I write a, if I write a letter, say, if I were to draft an email to you, three or four mm -hmm. paragraphs, it would take me two hours. With her, <laughs> but with this her, came I, automatic. Yeah. With her nine pages is about a half hour's worth of writing. Oh. Um, so it's, it's an entirely different process. You know, Tim, for the skeptic out there, how do you know this was your wife and not something else? Um, I often don't know where the sentence is going. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know often what the topic will be. Um, sometimes, you know, if, if someone's going to be a skeptic, there's probably no way that I could convince someone else that my experience is real. It's mm -hmm. just really hard to do that. However, um, there are kind of signposts along the way that I know my experience is, is very real. Um, if, if, uh, if in my writing, um, I tell a joke that wasn't in my thinking at all, um, that's different. Um, often when I'm writing, I'll have my music stream playing in the background. Um, my hearing is a little, uh, I was in a machine shop for many years. So my hearing, mm, I have yeah. a little bit of a hearing loss. I typically cannot hear words unless I'm, unless I'm very focused while I'm writing sometimes on topic. It's like somebody turns the volume and the clarity up on my music stream. And it's the same as what's being said by my hand. Um, so it's pretty clear that it was your wife. You're for me, it's very clear. Confident. For me, it's very clear. And if if anybody knows her, if anybody knew her before she passed, it would be clear to them too. It's very much uh, her voice, uh, her mannerisms, uh, definitely not the way I, sp I speak. It's different. Mm -hmm. Did you tell anybody other than you? Did you tell anybody in your family or, or anybody else that this was happening? Not in my family. Um, I began as soon as uh, 
I began hearing her voice on the morning walks. I began reading every book I could find on afterlife and afterlife communication. Mm -hmm. um, and through that, I, I found uh, the author Richard Martini and some of his books. He's written about nine or 10 books on the topic. Um, when the pandemic hit, he began doing a podcast with a medium, Jennifer Schaefer. Okay. And I uh, had a session with her. Uh, the first of, I think, four or five sessions I've had with her. Um, and she's the one that the first words out of her mouth were, um, you're not only going to write letters from Marilyn, you are going to write six books. Wow. Um, after Six I'd been months. doing this for a little bit of time. So how many did you, did you work? You did a series, but there is a series. of There's there currently one book. Okay. It was, I, I've referenced in that single book about 15 of the letters that she's written through me. There are about 300 of those interactions mm -hmm. that I've documented. Um, out of those 300, uh, there will be three more books. I'm working on the second one right now. No, when you, when you, I know myself, if I heard voices, I'd, I'd get scared. Um, but you, it was your wife's voice that you heard. Right. You were no doubt in your mind, it was your wife. And that's, that's right. When you first um, contact, when you, she made contact with you, um, did she say anything like, uh, like where she was? Did she give any inclination where she could be? Um, on my, like on my walks, um, one of the things that has occurred is I'm, I'm physically aware of her energy. Um, as we're speaking, I can, I can feel her next to me. Well, let's give um, such hope to everybody out there. Lizzie. Oops. Liz, Lizzie. Let me put her a little. She's asking a question. Make sure I got up there. And there you go. So she's asking, she says, so do you only channel your wife or can you channel other people in spirit? Primarily my wife. Um, but I have, um, I had one friend asked if I could connect with his wife who had passed. And, and could you? Uh, I, I wrote, I wrote a letter for him. Uh, one morning I felt like it was just time. And I wrote a letter from his wife. And when he first read it, it was like, that's not her, can't be her. Mm. It's just not her. And then he showed it to his daughter and she told him, well, that's exactly mom. You're not, you're not paying attention. And then he went through and read it again. And he was very con convinced that I had spoke. Well, I had written for, from his wife. Um, at the encouragement of some of the people I've become acquainted, acquainted with actually, um, my mentor, who became a very dear friend, challenged me to write from guides. And so I tried. And um, that's going to be somewhere in book five or six. Okay. Well, when you there write your she book. Is. Diet is, is, was my mentor for about one phone call, and she became one of my dearest friends. Okay. When you write your books, okay, sure. how do you know, like when you're writing, 
300 letters to choose from. How did you decide which one to put in the near um, the book? In that your- is such a good question because that was the <laughs> hardest. That was the hardest thing. Um, I I first started. I thought I would uh, code them based on the information that was in it, and that got too com- complicated. It just got too complicated, mm-hmm. um, and so I read every each of the 300. And I basically just put the document in a separate folder, yes or no. And that got it down to about 150. And then I did it again, yes or no. So I just went through an elimination and I came up with about 20. Um, What I was looking for were messages. Was there some kind of a message you wanted to convey? I wanted this first one to be kind of our story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I wanted I wanted her messages to uh, support what we had been through, to point out some of the challenges that we had been in, things that uh, we had been through together that we had overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, our my injury, her illness, um, our challenges with our blended family. Um, And it just became, I have this letter. In order for you to understand this letter, you need to understand this part of the story. And so I I started with the letter and then wrote the backstory for that letter. And I did that about 15 times and then blended those backstories into one single narrative um, as best I could. Um, Our story is not one that has a direct beginning and end because of many circumstances we were in. Uh, Some of the challenges we faced, it seemed we had overcome them and it would recede and then it would pop up again five years later. Mm, So some of the story is kind of, it's here and then it's there and then it's here. Um, But uh, that's uh, kind of the way the the book was written. kind of from the end and then back to the beginning to support what we did. Mm-hmm. I found it um, fascinating that <clears throat> Richard Martini, he actually did the forward to your book. He did too. I uh-huh. thought that was, I thought that was interesting. And how do you feel about how does his uh, perspective add to the um, story? Um, Just... His work is pretty incredible. Um mm-hmm. His first book is Flipside, A Tourist Guide to the Afterlife. Um, He had a a really dear friend, a very close person to him that passed away in 1996. Mm -hmm. And he had experiences with her. And he he felt that he should be able to find her. Kind of similar to my story, but not exactly. Um, And in his journey to do that, he started filming people under hypnosis. And he's uh, deep hypnosis, regressive therapy, um, past life's therapy. Mm-hmm. And that's where he began uh, his, his uh, this vast amount of data that he's got, that he's filmed. Um, and that, that led him to a medium, Jennifer Schaefer. Um, that led to a series of several more books. Um, so it, it, 
while our stories are not the same, they're sort of parallel. Um, he made me, his stories made it feel like I was not crazy. I think that's the. Of course you're not crazy. Yeah. Uh, There's the truth. Like, like um, <clears throat> Cindy says, the story is proof that true love is forever and doesn't die. I mean, this is. This absolutely. Is, this um, is awesome. If, if, if I could. Distill this down to just a few phrases, that would be it, is that not only does it not die, but it can be the same as it was. Marilyn and I have conversations all day long, every day, and it, about everything that's, that's mundane. We watched the Pittsburgh Steelers football game together <laughs> today. I, I really don't care about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I was anxious the entire time. That was her team. Oh, wow. I, I had this feeling of, of nervousness. Um, after she was injured, we could no longer sit on the same in the same couch. It was mm. too painful for me to be near her while she was watching football. Because it was a physical event. She would move, she would jump up and down, her legs would bounce. So this anxious behavior is not me, it's her while we're watching Pittsburgh. That is that's such a neat, that's so nice that you share that with her. I'll just take a real quick pause. I just want to thank Sebastian for being here. Cindy, Dilette, um, Lizzie, I think Elite, uh, Dilette, is that how you say her name? That's one yeah. of your fans. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's, that's one of your fans. Just say thank you so much for being here tonight. Remember, if you have a question for Tim, please put it in the chat. And we are on um, United Public Radio Talk. I'm so glad to have you all here tonight. So if you have any questions for Tim, please drop them in the chat. Um, it's a fascinating discussion. I, um, I'm, I'm just, I, I love hearing stuff like that. Cause what I know I've, you know, as you guys all know, my, a lot of my family have passed away and it gives you hope that your love doesn't die. And this is something, um, do you think anybody can do this or do you think it's just because to you one degree or another, are so in love? I, think? I think, I think to one degree or another, she points out that we're, we're able to connect on this level because we've worked at it for many lifetimes. This is not something that just, just occurred out of the blue. Um, but that's not to say that other people don't have those very deep and strong relationships, Yeah. even if they're not aware of them in this lifetime. And your reviews on Amazon have shown that there's a lot of how readers, there's reactions of stories, how your book has touched them and impacted them personally. So <clears throat> that's great to know. I mean, you can go by your, you know, you're helping a lot of people out there. And you also mentioned that you have conversations with Marianne and receipt you're receiving letters. Um, but how long is this connection influenced your everyday life? I mean, like you said, you do this every day. Um, has it made your spirituality grow? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, we were both raised in very fundamentalist re religion, um, which kind of stunted our growth in this area um, while we understood that this was um, who we were. It, it was difficult to express it because our vocabulary was still based in those religious um, values. Um, so as we, as we began to realize that we were uh, more connected than just this one single lifetime. Um, we just, we were just aware that this was going to occur. 
Mm-hmm. And as far as on my in my daily life, um, it has it's profound. Um, I don't do anything without her. This is where we I feel that we're a little bit unique. Um, I don't work. Um, I live on four acres with just my dog. Um, I don't sleep particularly well. Mm. I'm up at 4.30 to 5 in the morning every day. We watch the sunrise. Marilyn and I watch the sunrise. I can feel her holding my hand as I go to sleep at night. That is so wild. Um, so again, we, we may be, I've, I've stopped asking the word, we're framing a question in terms of, is this normal? Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I, I start framing it in more, is this common? Did you ever see if it was common or is, is it something other people can do or just, are you, um, I, I, believe that? That, I believe that in, to one degree or another, everyone is a, has this available to them in some way, mm-hmm. whether it's just um, a sign that brings your memory back to your loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question I ask people when they tell me, oh, a song played and I thought of my loved one, it's like, well, are you sure your loved one didn't play the song for you to think about them? It, and does it matter either way? The end result is you're thinking of them. Yeah. And when you're thinking of them, they're back in your life. They're there for that moment. You know, can you stretch that moment out? Or is it is it important to stretch that moment out? Um, so so yeah, I think that it I think that everyone could do this to one degree or another. I'm not saying that everybody could write a letter, and I'm not saying that what we do is the pinnacle of this kind of uh, story. It, mm-hmm. it, I don't believe it can be. Um, and I don't think that we are unique in the world. I, there must be more people like me. Yeah. Uh, you, we have a question, but I, I just want to stress it. Tim isn't saying he's a psychic, so he can't really answer um, Alexandro. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. If you can get back with your boyfriend or not, <laughs> I, he's not, he's not a psychic. He's just explaining to his, he has conversations with his wife through he writing letters to her his past his wife who passed so he's not a psychic he's not saying he's a psychic so that is that is true for now <laughs> for now <laughs> i i have learned that there um uh, that if i say i can't do something somebody's going to challenge me and make me do it so we'll just let it ride for now i don't know where this journey is headed yeah it's a wonderful journey for sure um, if you have any questions you'd like to um, have Tim answer, put them in the chat. And uh, what what advice would you give to somebody who's grieving and seeking a connection with their loved ones who passed away? Um, grief is one of the things that actually uh, puts a block up that makes it more difficult. It's not impossible, but it 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 kind of filters the connection a little bit. Um. I will give you what Rich Martini, the Martini method. This is what he says. Get a photograph of the mouth. For me, get a photograph that brings up uh, joyful emotions, not a picture of your loved one as, you know, as they were reclining on hospice, but yeah. something that brings joy. 
something, not the last picture ever taken unless that brings joy. Focus on the picture and ask a question and wait for a response. It won't be today, maybe. It may be a month. But at some point, you will ask a question and you'll be halfway through speaking the question and you will hear the response before you're done. Wow. Um, so you're saying I, have a pitch, get a picture of something that was that you shared together, a right. joyous moment, and then try to meditate on that. Just focus on it. Focus on the moment. Take yourself back to that moment. And it may even be an object. It could be mm -hmm. a ring. Uh, it could be a set of car keys. Uh, it could be a location, a place in a, a particular park that you enjoyed sitting, uh, you know, doing something. Um, do those activities. Take that picture and actually do take as much time as you need to to focus on the joyous moment. And let that joy bring you back. Mm -hmm. um, it may be overwhelmingly difficult to begin with. Um, there are uh, the process of, of stepping out of grief is not a, a, a single step. Um, Jennifer Schaefer's father who has passed on their podcast has come through and he has said, try to bring grief into nostalgia. Grief is only bad negative thoughts. Nostalgia mm -hmm. is good and bad. And that's where you begin to heal. That's good. That's something to think about. Um, I mean, everybody's going to experience grief at some point in their life and you have to do something to help. And I know personally that I would sit for hours and just cry. And mm -hmm. I'd ask my, you know, my mom or my sisters or brothers to come through. They never come through during the day. Um, right. It's mostly in my dreams. And uh -huh. they say, if you dream of your loved one, that's actually them. Now, do you, do you feel the same way about that? Yeah. Quite often. I mean, I imagine that I could have a dream that's just me thinking, but there are dreams that are so profound and so clear that it can't be anything but mm -hmm. uh, her coming to help me. Um, I still experience periods of time where grief is just overwhelming. I still do. I expect I will for a long time, maybe forever. But what I understand now is it's not the loss of Marilyn I'm experiencing. It's the loss of the physical connection. Mm -hmm. It's the loss of the, I do not experience a separation from her unless I allow myself to become discouraged. But I do miss seeing her dancing in the kitchen while she's cutting stir fry up. Yeah. You know, I do miss those moments. I miss those physical things. Um, going places, having her drive me when I'm not feeling well, those things, they are always going to be uh, moments of loss, but it's the, it's the physical part that is the loss. It's not the connection. 
Definitely the physical part. Um, Cindy says, you are an amazing, you are on, on an amazing journey. I have had communication with loved ones my entire life. I was taught as a child, this is possible. Haven't tried writing yet, but Cindy, you should try it. <clears throat> now I write, I have conversations with Christ. I write every, um, every morning, dear Jesus, good morning, Jesus. And I talk to him every day, telling him all my problems. And I guess that's could be I'm communicating with the Holy Spirit. Um, but this is it's sort of sort of what you're talking about. It's like love letters. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. that sounds very, very similar. Yeah, I did um, that started to do that on there was a TikTok challenge. And I started to do that. Um, it's been two months now I've started to do that. So it's like sort of like that. Um, what does Cindy say? Definitely. I will. Yeah. You definitely Cindy should try it. I mean, we all have these moments where we want to communicate. See, my problem is with this is with all like mediums. Um, how do you know for sure? Like, you, you know, for sure you're speaking with your wife. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's your wife. You know, her essence, you know, how her personality but I get scared, you know, like if I'm talking to somebody, you know, but I do truly believe that there is a connection after death. There is, there has to be. I mean, I draw, I'm dreaming of my family all the time. And just recent, like in last January, my mom's on her birthday. I dreamt, I wasn't dreaming. I had, I actually felt her in my presence in my um, room. Johnny, what did you say? Wait a minute. This is hard to keep up with the chat. Wait a minute. <laughs> Am I, what does he say? Yes, definitely is talking to. Yes, he's. You're definitely talking to your wife, and that that just gives you so much hope. Um, when it is your time, that she's going to be there waiting for you. That's that's that has to be so such a blessing. It 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 truly is. It truly is. And and what what brings me to a point where I feel more confident is is I I have faith in several of the mediums actually all the mediums that i do know are are incredible mm -hmm. and when i talk to them about Marilyn, it's like going on date night with three of us <laughs> because they're talking to her i'm talking to her she's talking to both of us um it it, it again it reinforces that i'm not crazy no, yeah. Because more than I, I was raised to believe that this was like fast tracking yourself to hell. So just yeah. Oh um, yeah. I mean, if you think of it that way. <laughs> and I've got, I've got a. I mean, I was, I believed that for thirty years, until I met Marilyn. And then, and then it kind of, um, there were a lot of uh, inconsistencies that we found in the belief system we were raised with that just didn't make sense anymore um, based on our own personal experience. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that, and when we got together, we got thrown out. So, <laughs> well, that, that's amazing. I mean, I, yeah, you have to think of it that way. Uh, if other people have heard, heard you talk, I mean, they communicated with her, Mary. Um, yeah, and they're you're getting the same. You're getting the same messages, the same messages. So you can, it validates what you were trying to, you know, 
say to each other. I mean, what she yeah. was saying to you and they could validate. Yes. That's what she's saying. The, the first three mediums I spoke to all said within the first paragraph of speaking to, Oh, you're going to write six books from her, from others in spirit and then for yourself. So, um, I see a movie. Oh my goodness. I see a movie. I, Somebody should be I, writing a screenplay on this. I, I see a movie. I, that I'm terrorized just by six books. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if we start talking that way, somebody else is going to have to help me out. Oh um, yeah. This is just well outside of, I mean, I barely got out of high school. Um, and I think it's not because I couldn't do the work. It just made no sense to me. No, high school, you know, college doesn't make any sense to me, especially these days. You yeah. Know, what's the point uh, of having a college education? I mean, it just seems like it's a waste. I, 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 I try not to have an opinion on that because I've got 13 <laughs> grandchildren. That oh, no, 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 no. I want to see that. them go to college at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> trade school. Yeah, yeah, trades good. More trades, yeah. We need more trades and more plumbers, more <clears throat> carpenter. Try to get your house remodeled. You can't even find a, a carpenter that wants to work. <clears throat> That's that is true. That is that true. is true. That I is see Cindy's true. got a question. Okay, let's say put her up here. Does your wife want you to continue to bless others with this love story? Um she's driving the car. Um, I don't have, I think she's I, driving very good. <laughs> I don't have a choice. Um, <laughs> after, after a while I was writing, um, back to Rich Martini. He, he, uh, has a forum on Quora, uh, titled after his books, hacking the afterlife. And it's a place where you can safely share these kinds of stories. And when she said it was time to share, I thought that was a safe place. And so I posted some of the letters there with some of the explanation. And um, she told me in those uncertain terms, that wasn't good enough. <laughs> she said that. Yeah. I, I, I am often put in my place. Um, the kind of things that you wouldn't think to do to yourself. Um, you know, in, in many ways, my conversations are, are about, um, when I should limit myself and when I should get out of my head and allow myself to expand to new things. Hmm. So absolutely. She wants me to share this in a continuing way, which is what brought the book about. Um, it took about a year from the time I started consolidating the letters to get it to print. Um, and, and it goes into Years. detail about how we lived our lives before, during, and after. It's actually in three sections. Before, during, while we were married, and then after she passed. Wow. So you have, a, you have, a, you have enough stuff. I'm just I have more material than I could use in a lifetime. I really do. Um, and more is coming every day. I, I we just uh, I am not writing as often as I was six months ago, but that's because I spent the time actually writing the book. Um, 
it, it seems China. that yeah. I, I need uh, I need the quietness of the morning to do both things and a run out of gas, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, it, it takes something out of me to write. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Does it take, I know a lot of psychics when they're communicating that it takes a lot out of them. I am tired um, after I write from her. I'm tired after I write the book. Um, writing the book, I'm tired after I take one of her, one of our handwritten letters and, and get it to type so that I can store it in a computer instead of just having a mm -hmm. page written. Um, it, it, I wouldn't say it's draining. It is both um, exhausting and exhilarating at the same time, if that makes sense. How many years has went on? How many years have you been doing that, um, writing letters? I wrote the first letter from her in May of 2020. 2020. Um, through most of the year 2021, I was writing four to five letters a week. Wow, four to five. Um, it was intense and it was, it was often now it's three or four a month, but it's again, because I'm using those morning uh, creative hours to actually start consolidating. Um, the next book is titled um, from, um, from injury and illness and loss into healing. Mm -hmm. And it once again tells part of our story. And so I'm I'm going through all 300 letters to find those that speak to those topics. Those are a lot, if you think about it, because you said the morning is when you are more creative yeah, or more you can hear her stronger in the morning or that's just when you have the more energy in the morning that's when i have more energy to actually do the writing i hear her all day long i really mm -hmm. literally do um i was planning a hedge and she said something really silly about using her hands instead of mine and it was like you don't have hands um i, I mean we joke about stuff she uh encourages me to stop working so hard outside mm -hmm. so that I don't um, overdo it, overdo it and re-injure myself and wind up. Uh, How did you injure yourself? I fell lifting weights. Oh my, lifting weights, you fell. I was doing squats and uh, I fell. Oh and my I, God. I destroyed three levels of discs in one. Oh. So I'm fused from L3 down. That's about halfway. How, how heavy weights were you lifting? I was only using 225 pounds. And you fell. And you I sat straight two. down. Yeah. Oh, damn. So it was, yeah, it was, it was painful. Um, I bet it was painful. It was in the company gym. It got complicated because I was actually a salaried employee. So I was being paid. Oh, so it wound up being a workers' comp case, right? Oh, geez. right when the California workers' comp system was being uh, redone, uh, it was highly corrupt, and so they went after all the doctors, and all of us patients suffered dearly. Um, oh, so yeah. I spent ten years in that. If I had gotten, if I'd gotten treatment properly, I would have been. You uh, I would have been okay in six months. I may never have, you know, played softball or football, uh, but I would, I would not have been, I would not have been in a wheelchair for two years. Oh, God. Um, you know, so 
Yeah, that's that's what I did. Three surgeries. It's tough. <laughs> and it's all a, I mean, it's all in the book. I try to document enough of the story. Again, enough of the story so that the letters in the, the last half of the book make sense. So mm -hmm. you know what she's talking about when she says she slept on hospital floors. Yeah, you, know, she, you know why she said that? I have to tell the story about why she slept on the hospital floor. That's just, uh, yeah, that's a tragic accident. I can, oh, that's horrible. You hear, you never hear that one. Lifting weight, trying to prove yourself and you hurt yourself. That just, yeah, terrible. the goal was to be in my best, the best shape of my life by the time I turned 40. Oh. <laughs> I turned 40. I was in the best shape of my life. And uh, three months later, I, I had a cold, so I was using less weight. Or, or I would have been a quadriplegic if I'd been oh using the 400 pounds I normally use to work out. I would, Talk have, about a... I would have smashed a lot worse. Fate. Um, uh, irony, I tell you. Oh, that gives me chills. <clears throat> um, getting back to your wife. Uh, sure. So this was over so many years, and you continue. Now... So she she hasn't passed. I mean, she hasn't left you. So she's still she hasn't gone to the other realm. I take it. <clears throat> I'm not an expert in how all that works, but what I what I believe is that souls are not spirits are not bound to the other realm or to this realm. Mm -hmm. um, there, time and physics are entirely different for her. Mm -hmm. It, it can seem to me as though she's with me and all 13 of our grandchildren simultaneously. Oh, wow. That's what it seems to me, but to her, maybe not so much. Um, does your, does your grandchildren or um, they can, can, they can communicate my, with my her? My kids know that she's there and that she helps them along their path she guides them she encourages them but they don't hear anything specific from her they just are aware mm -hmm. that she's there which is to me that to have them be able to even do that is a huge victory because they yeah. were being raised in a very restrictive belief system where this would not occur they would not have known that if we hadn't uh if we hadn't yeah like grandpa can talk to, you know, you know, it's kind of, you know, and they, they each have their belief systems, but they understand that I do the way I was raised. I was going to be the same person as my great grandfather. It was, it was all just exactly the same generation to generation. Mm -hmm. And that's the way my children were being raised until we decided that that was not what we wanted for them. So they chose their own way. Um, yeah. Dina, she, yeah, yeah she Diet, crossed. she's crossed. So she's yeah. crossed. Diet's the expert. I'm not. <laughs> no, she's a medium. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you believe she crossed over? Well, it should be comforting. It's just amazing how she can still communicate. If she, that's what I like. I get confused. Uh, maybe Jeanette can answer this, and she's a she's a medium. If she's crossed over, I always thought that once they crossed over, that they don't communicate that much. 
I thought that if they were still here, they communicated more. To, what What are your thoughts on that? I don't know if she can answer me. But I'm just trying to. Okay, Cindy has a question too. Will your children try to communicate with you upon your death? Oh, that's a good question, Cindy. They may. They may. I'll, I'll leave them instructions on how to do it instead of trying to figure it out on their own like I had to. Okay, give me some instructions. Okay, again, we're back to the picture. Okay, Think get the picture. Picture or a thought of something that, that is uplifting, that's joyful. And just start asking questions. And it could be, um, who was there for you when you when you crossed over? It could be some. It could be. It could be um, something maybe that you don't know the answer to, but that you can verify somewhere else. Should Should you do some kind of a like a prayer before you do this? Just quiet your mind. Quiet your mind. And um, so you have the picture, and you picture something that you share together as, as a happy moment. Now, do you, is that when you pick up a pen and try to do the automatic writing or did you, well, did you wait? Time, I, I would begin my more, my morning begins with making coffee, getting to, um, I have a front room with picture windows. So I can watch the sunrise. Oh, good. I'm usually there a couple hours before sunrise, but I get there. Um, I will go through my phone and make sure all my emails and anything crazy that happened in the night, mm -hmm. I've noticed it and I can set it aside. I know that it's there. I've checked. I don't have to think about it for quite some time. I would take out a picture. I had three or four pictures of her. Um, for me, it was always her eyes. There her was eyes. just in her eyes that just burned right into me. Um, and I don't know if anybody else ever saw it, but her eyes were so expressive to me. So I have photographs of her where I can see that feature, where I'm, I'm in that moment. Um, I don't use the pictures anymore. I just turn the music down, spend however much time quieting my mind that I feel I need to. Mm -hmm. um, when I do that, I can, I can literally feel her hand on the side of my face. I don't know if if you or anyone else here has had someone who can touch you and buckle your knees just by putting their mm. hand on, kissing your neck, whatever. That, that's special. No, that I don't have that. The, <laughs> that is the feeling I get. My in dog. Yeah, in the morning, it's just, it's just so um, comforting. And I can, uh, did, I can feel the energy on me. Mm -hmm. um, and there's even a little bit of a pressure. There's electric, a little bit of electric. It's kind of like uh, electric champagne bubbles. Mm. And I can feel that. And there are times when it's so intense that my body just goes limp from the comfort and, and the feeling of love that comes through. Um, well, that's amazing feeling. I take it. And, um, Okay, so needs to write. So read what Diet said yeah. about what they do. Diet, um, all spirits are able to communicate. The ones that have crossed come through from a place of love. They have returned to the place of love, aka afterlife heaven. And those who have not crossed are still walking the earth with us and come from all different places when it comes to how or what they communicate. 
I think she and continued she's got, on. Yeah, Easiest way to understand those that cross are more metaphysical and those that have not are more paranormal in terms that are more frequently used. Okay. I got it. That's uh that's how I just got my uh, five minute warning. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah I, um go ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I rely on Diet for that kind of stuff all the time. I have definitions and processes and things like that. Um, what matters to me truly is that I'm with Marilyn still and people need to know that it's possible. I think we all need to know that um, because we all have to deal with it at one point and to know that you can communicate with them this way is, is awesome. And I think it gives us hope. And Johnny said, I really enjoy the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Johnny, for tuning in. I hope all my other followers come back since I came back. I, I like we're my, what got me, I took a little time off. My mom passed away. I was grieving her so much that I, I couldn't do it. I just, I just, and I, so many I life changes. I do understand. I, I understand. You understand. I and do. I like, so I, I would love to try this. I would love to try this to see if I could do something like this. I mean, I, I do talk to my mom all the time. I talk to her. Do you ever talk to my dad sense? too? Do you ever What's get that? a sense that when you talk to her that that you have an understanding of what she might oh, have Oh, yeah. Said? You I have I an have... imagining of what she might have said. Oh, How do you I... know that that's not really what she said? Yeah. You don't know. You don't. You know, if you judge it and think that it's your imagination, you're missing a lot. I don't want to think of it as my imagination. I want Why? to think of it as actually her. And you it, know. It, it, I have... I've had people who swore they could not um, communicate, that there were no signs or anything. And the first time they went to a medium, the medium said, well, didn't you see this? Oh, yeah, but that's not them. They said, most definitely it was. So your loved ones are often communicating with you in a way that you're just not looking for. You're yeah. expecting. Marilyn says, if you're looking for rainbows, you will miss the sunset. Oh, that's that's a beautiful thought. You're looking for rainbows. You're, yeah, you missed the sunset. Yeah. So if you're well, just we'll so focused, you'll just miss it. Yeah, we're gonna have. Yeah. There's just so much out. Like today's a full moon, and I know my. I don't know about you guys, but my emotions are like this today. And I said I wasn't gonna cry tonight because I don't want to do that. So. <laughs> oh, I hope I didn't. Yeah, I, if you cry, I, I hope it's joyful. I, Oh, I, I mean, it's, it's, oh, I've been having a lot of joy lately in my life. Um, that's what I want to bring to this show too, not just, you know, the, the unusual, I was going to just spice it up a little bit. We have two minutes and I just want to say thank you so much, Tim, for, for being here tonight. Um, thank you for your insight and your story, your lovely, beautiful story about you and your wife. And if I, this helped anybody out there, I hope so guys in the chat and all around the world, Tim, where can we find your book? Um, it is on Amazon. Amazon. It is in Kindle, okay. Kindle unlimited and in print right now. It is not in right. audio form yet. Cause I don't know who could read it for me. Um, well, you can go on. Um, I'm sure there's people that do that and yeah. I can find them. Right now I'm overwhelmed with just well, yeah. so far. Well, um, you but take... that's where you can find it. My my website has a link to it, uh timbear6.com. 
Well, thank you so much again for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. And you have a wonderful Christmas coming up, New Year's. And thank, thank you again you so for joining for us. Me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Well, guys, we made it through week two. Um, we're going to be on Tuesday nights, too. We have a really interesting um, show, Tuesday night, 7 Eastern. I don't know if anybody follows TikTok or not, but there's a strange doorway in the cliff of Oregon. So we're going to find out who is in that cliff and what can we expect from it. You never know. It could be some kind of giant or Nephilim from who knows where book of Enoch or something, but thank you everyone in the chat. Thank you for participating. I'll see you again on Tuesday. You all have a nice evening and to stay tuned for uh, Sean Kelly, my favorite person in the world into the night with Sean. Have a great night.